conversion of one of the greatest preachers in the Bible this morning, Acts chapter 9. I believe you'll you'll stay with me, no matter how much I have to read or what I read, uh, you'll stay with me, and I'm sure that you'll get something uh, that will help you this morning, uh, to help your heart. uh, And there's some things I want to show you about the conversion of Saul that should mirror us today. Amen. It should, you should be looking just like Saul. You should be looking just like him this morning. I want you to see that this morning and get a hold of it because I want you to be right before it's your time to go. I want to be right before it's my time to go. And I, I just, it's this burden on my heart, people today. Uh, I've invited people to church and they, they say, yeah, I'm coming, yeah, I'm coming, but we don't see them here. But that don't mean I'm going to quit inviting. That don't mean I'm going to quit praying. Because I know that it's going to be one day that all this is going to pass away. And I want people to go to heaven. I don't want people to go to hell. I mean, how many of y'all would love people to go to hell? Not a one of us. So what are we doing? What are we doing? Jesus said, you are the salt of the world. You are the light. I mean, if we we ain't shining a light, there's a lot of people dying and going to hell because we ain't shining our light. And the reason why, oh man, I don't want to get on this. But the reason why we're not shining a light is because you have never received the light. Amen. Amen. You ain't never received the light. You got to receive something in order to give something. Amen. You got to receive the light of Jesus Christ into your heart in order for you to give it to somebody else and to show it to somebody else. You've got to receive. Got to have it this morning. let us stand. I'm going to, like I said, I got some reading to do and I want to get to it and uh, let, let you sit down. Chapter 9 of Acts, verse number 1. And Saul, yet be, breathing out of threatenings and slaughters against the dis- disciples of the Lord, went into the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogue, that if he found any of this way Christians, whether they be men or women, it doesn't matter who they are, he might bring them bound into Jerusalem. He's bringing them back to kill them. And as he sojourned, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there was shined about, around about him a light from heaven. There's that light. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Lord, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Evidently, the conscience of Saul was troubling him because of the things that he's been uh, participating in. It's hard to keep your mind straight when you're torturing Christians, killing Christians. And that's what the Bible said he was doing. He was compelling them to blaspheme In other words, it would uh, torture them until they blasphemed the name of the Savior that they believed in. It's tough to keep a good conscience and really be able to sleep good at night when he faces those that you persecuted, whom you killed and tortured, whom that uh, you martyred, still praising God. You ought to read the stories in the Fox's Book of Martyr. 
Read about those that were being put to death and they looked at the executioner and said, I'll pray for you and begin to give honor and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's tough to keep your mind right when the mental images flashing through your mind and you're trying to get some sleep. Paul having a hard time. That's what Saul is dealing with. He, he's, his conscience is wearing him out. And has your conscience wore you out when you're lost and you saw the things you've done. You couldn't get any sleep because your mind was t- going to and fro. That's because the Holy Ghost had laid down with you and pricked your heart. And that's what he, the Holy Ghost did with Paul here. And, and him, he, him trembling and astonished and said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go to the city, and it shall be told unto thee, thee what, must, what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his, his eyes was open, he saw no man. But they led him by hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was there three days without sight, and neither did eat nor drink. There was a certain disciple of Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, the Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Ananias, Arise and go into the streets which is called straight and inquire in the house of Judas for the one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. And he had seen him in a vision, a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him that he may receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here hath authority from the chief of priests to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias, as he went his way and entered into the house and put in his hands on, the, his, on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way that thou comest, hath sent me that thou mayest receive the sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it would be in scales, and he received his sight forthwith and arose, and it was baptized. And when he received his sight, he received meat. He was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus. So let's pray. Father, we just come before you, Lord. Thank you. Lord, we ask you to help us today. Help us to see the things that we need to see. Lord, help us to remove the scales that's on our eyes. And help us see more clearly today. And Father, we'll just praise you for what you do. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. I'm interested in where this transaction takes place at. This place where Saul is at, uh, he gets his uh, perfect understanding of the Lord Jesus Christ. Where he gets his sight back. There are things that happened to him at this place uh, uh, where his life it gets changed drastically. The Bible said in verse number 11, And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go to the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for the one called Saul. So I'd like to preach on this subject this morning just for a brief moment. Straight Street, or the day Saul got on straight street this morning. 
when you read about Saul's life, even his own testimony is that from his own lips, uh, uh, later on we are convert, when at his conversion, uh, what you find he talks about his former life being uh, anything but on the straight way. His life was uh, one more crooked road heading to hell. Uh, without hope, without God, without Jesus, when he got his on straight street, he had a major course change. Amen. This is what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. And you have be quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins where in times past you walk according to the course of this world, the path, the course, the street according to the prince of the power of the air and the spirit that which now worketh in the children of disobedience. He said, Paul said, that's the way I was and that's the way you are if you're lost and undone and you don't have Jesus. He said, my life was in times past was in sin, living in lust. But this is what Paul also said about his walk, the way he lived. In Philippians chapter 2, he said, he was living in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. Boy, ain't we living there today. Ain't we there today. Paul's path before he was saved was anything but straight. It was bent by sin, crooked by the sins of this world. The word crooked is there. It gets out, that word crooked, we get our, our word called scoliosis, where you see this curvature of the spine. It is a condition that causes backs to curve and to be crooked. According to the Bible, that is what the world is today. The word is bent out of shape. This world is not the way God made it and wants it to be this morning. Bible said in Ecclesiastes number 7, chapter 7, verse 29, God had made man upright, but they sought out many inventions. And that God made all things straight, but mankind made deviations. Uh, mankind took a crooked turn, and now we are lost without God. We're living in a crooked world this morning. I don't know how much you can look around at this world, but it's crooked this morning. Society this morning is crooked this morning. I have to be honest with you, this world is not my home, the song says. I'm talking about we're living in a crooked world and a crooked society this morning. Everybody parading their sins around. It's all right today to parade what you say that's right for you, but it's a sin against God. Mark this down. If you have succumbed to the crooked nature of society this morning, the problem is that their minds have been infected with the liberal idolatry of Satan himself this morning. You have been brought into the crooked nature of the world this morning. If that's the way you are this morning, I've got some good news for you. You don't got to stay crooked. You can get on straight street this morning. See, the Bible says, broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there which find it thereat. Because the straight is the gate of narrow, but leadeth to life. Few that find it therein. Hebrews 12 said, uh, and make straight paths for your feet. God's in the straight business this morning. He's interested in, to me, how you walk a crooked path. And there's several things that you have the problem with walking the crooked path. 
Let me give them to you real quick before we get into the message. You have a problem with clarity this morning when you're walking on a crooked path. Have you ever been driving on a mountain road? Those curvy roads that go up in the mountain, especially in the, in the wintertime when it's foggy. You ever been driving up those mountain roads and uh, you can't see ahead of you, you don't know what's going on here, and your vision is obscured and you don't see things going on. You, you tend to be on a crooked road and your vision, don't, you don't know what's ahead of you. You don't have clarity of anything that's ahead of you this morning. I'm telling you, if you are lost this morning, you don't really know what's coming down this morning. You don't know what's ahead this morning. You say, preacher, what's coming? I'm glad you asked that. I'm so glad you want to know what's coming. Revelation chapter 20 tells us exactly what's going to happen to us today. Revelation chapter 20 says, And I saw a great white throne of him that sat upon it, whose face the, uh, the earth and the heavens fled away, and there was no found a place for them. And I saw the dead, the small and the great, stand before God. And the books were open. Another book was opened, which was the book of life. And he dead was judged out of those. And those names was not found written in the book of life, was cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death. I know exactly what's coming to you. I don't have to have clarity for you. I know what's ahead of you if you're lost and undone. If God is not in your heart your place is the lake of fire this morning you don't have clarity on the as a sinner you don't have clarity it is easy to crash on a crooked road I find it's much easier easier for you to end up in a ditch end up in a mess and then end up on the side of the road if you cannot see what's coming ahead of you this morning I find the reason a lot of people's lives are crashed in a big way, burning and burning up, because they're running crooked courses in their life. They have refused to get off that crooked course. And Paul said about the crooked course is, there's no clarity and there's the possibility of you crashing. There's no, there's no confidence on a crooked course. Some of y'all have no confidence of what tomorrow brings. Death, life. You look around at somebody that's extreme confidence. We, we just read about it. Being confident of this very thing. He which had been a good work in you, perform it until the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I, am, com I am a confident individual this morning. You said that's prideful. No, I'm not confident in myself. I'm not a confident in my ability, not what I can do, but I am certainly confident in what Jesus Christ can do for me. I'm so glad of that. Many of you are driving on a crooked road behind somebody that's going real slow. You ever got behind somebody, just, I mean, just like, just, I mean, it, it, you want to just park your car, run up beside them, and knock on the window. Hey, won't you speed it up a little bit? They on that crooked road taking their time. They ain't in no hurry. But let me tell you what. As soon as they get off that crooked road and they can see far ahead on a straight road, all of a sudden mm, they hit that gas and they are gone. And you're behind them trying to catch up with them and they just ain't going to let you pass them. And if you finally do pass them, pass, they get mad at you. They want you to pull over and fight with you because you passed me on a straight road. Problem is, a lot of us stay on that crooked road. 
We stand on that crooked road, and we just have no confidence in the things that's going on in this life. But as soon as you hit that straight road, as soon as you hit that straight, when you can see a good distance off, you're ready to hit the pedal to the metal. You're ready to go. There's no hesitation. Can I say to you this morning, the crooked road, and there are people this morning right here, right now, that are on that crooked road. And you can just live on that crooked road for so long, or you're either going to have no clarity in life, you're going to crash and burn, and, and, but you have no confidence in your road. Can I tell you this morning, you can get off that crooked road and get on the straight road. Amen. Paul said they had no confidence of life after life. No confidence in eternity. Some of you are trying to live on a crooked road. And it keeps leading to dead ends. Keeps leading to crashes. Crash after crash. No confidence, no clarity. You're tired of living that way in your life. The street of sin. You want some clarity this morning. You want something. I've got something for you this morning. Preaching on the straight street. There are some things that Paul got when he got on the straight street this morning. Amen. Amen. Let me give them to you real quick. We'll go home and eat that meal that we got planned. On the straight street, you get your sight back. You get your seeing back. You get to see it. On straight street, verse number 17. And Ananias went his way and entered to the house and put in his hand on him, saying, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way of thou camest, have sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. As soon as he heard the word of the preaching, it was hearing that caused him to receive his sight. Verse 18, and immediately... There fell from his eyes, his being scaled. You see, Paul, Saul gets physical sight here. You see how he got his physical sight? He got it from hearing the word of the preaching of Jesus Christ. And when he put faith in it and believed and trusted that fellow, what he said about Jesus Christ, the scales fell off. Do you remember that day you heard the word, the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and all of a sudden you enacted faith in it? You start trusting in it. It was like the scales fell off your eyes. And then you start thinking later on, why couldn't I see that? Why, why is that so clear now? I, I, I don't understand that. Some people come to church and have this idea why people are shouting and raise their hands and, and having a good time, just want to get up and just cry at the altar and just shout at the altar. Some people sit here and say, I just don't understand why you do that. Why? Because you're blind. You're still on the crooked street this morning. I was the same way. I, I, I would say, I was, sitting, I was sitting in church one time. I was sitting behind these two old ladies sitting there, and it was a, it was a pretty Pentecostal-type church, and I didn't know, but I was sitting there. It was so Pentecostal, it had snakes in it. And I was sitting there. I'm just a little thing. I'm sitting there just having a good time. All of a sudden, them women jumped out. Wow! Scared me half to death. I didn't know what was going on. What in the world would make two women like that jump up and scream and shout? I ain't getting none of this. 
But let me tell you what, when the scales fell off my eyes, I'm sitting in church and I see things a little bit different now. I heard the word of God. I heard the clarity in my life. I now got confidence in something else. And then I stood up and said, wow, thank you, Lord. Amen. Now I sit back and say, I don't know why you don't see that. I don't understand why you can't see the stuff I see. I'm excited about what God has done for me. I'm excited where he's gone to prepare for me. I'm so excited that he, he sent his son to die for me. I don't understand why you can't shout about that. Amen. I don't, why, why do we got to wait till we get to church to shout? Amen. We, we, we got to get to church before we shout. I'm going to tell you what. We had a camp meeting one time in Walmart down in Florida. Me and this guy, I, well, no, I wasn't me and this guy, was two guys talking about Christ. When I walked by, I heard the word Christ. I said, back up right here, buddy. I said, what are y'all talking about? He says, we're talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. I said, whew, can I join in? See, y'all come on in, join in. We were standing there talking, and we went, hey, you know what Jesus did for me? We, we're letting everybody know we're talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. Next thing you know, we got 15, 20 people standing around us, and here we are in Walmart just having a wonderful time. That you start shouting when you see things differently. He received his sight when he heard the word and started trusting in what he said about Jesus Christ. You've got to have the same thing in your life. Have there ever been a day in your life that you received the word of Jesus Christ and trusted in faith, believing what he's done? He received his sight, amen? You see, the problem with most people today, they're blind. They're blind to the things of God. They may have 20-20 vision. You see physically real good. The problem is the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolish unto them, neither can be known them, because they are spiritual discerned. And this morning you're sitting here and you, you ain't catching it. You're not getting it. Not getting it. But the rest of us on the other side, we get it. We remember what it was like to be blind. We remember what it was like to be on that crooked road. We remember what it was like to be in our sin, but now I don't have that sin on my life no more. We remember what it was like to be on the crooked road, and we remember what it's like that when we got on the straight road, how our vision got so clear and what we needed to do. The Bible said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. In whom God of this world, Satan, talking about Satan, not talking about Jesus, whom God of this world, Satan, hath blinded the minds of them that which believeth not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, who is an image of God, should shine under them. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of the darkness, have shined in the hearts of, to give them the knowledge and the glory of God, the face of Jesus Christ. We're no longer in the dark this morning. We're no more in the lost this morning. We have a new age thing to call. You know, when you wake up in the morning, there ain't nothing different about you. You just woke up. You just got out of bed. There's nothing different about you. Let me tell you what. When I, when I got woke up, I got changed. Uh, he came inside of me. I'm no longer having the devil live inside of me. I've got the Son of Jesus, the Son of God, living deep inside of me. I am now a converted sinner unto grace for God. 
I, I got converted. I didn't get woke up. And yet we try to push this on things and people, all these things, and, and we say, well, you got to accept it. Let me ask you this. If a blind man all of a sudden got up today and says, I want to see today, can he change that? Can he, he can say, can I, I want to see today. I'm blind today and I want to see tomorrow. I want, I'm, you cannot do that as a blind man. Bible said that Jesus walked by this blind man and blind people, etc. And they, they said, uh, they heard. See, I was blind, blind to the things of this world. The devil had blinded my eyes, but when I heard the word of God, they heard Jesus of Nazareth come away. They said, Lord Jesus of Nazareth, have mercy on me. And when they said, have mercy on me, then they received their sight. You're not going to get the sight. You're not going to do it naturally. You can't do it physically until you get the word of God and say, Lord, have mercy on me. And that's when you're going to get your sight back. The scales fall away. Then you start seeing things clearly then. Until you get on the straight way, you're going to be blind. And I love it when they, he went into the temple. He was seeing he said, hey, look at him. Wasn't you the blind man outside? Yeah. I was blind, but now I see. Yeah, <laughs> well, who was it, Jesus? He says, I, don't, I can't tell you much. I don't know much. All I know is Jesus of Nazareth came by me and spoke, and now I see. <laughs> and I'm just going to put my trust in him. I'm going to put my faith in him because why? Because now I see. I was blind, but now I see. Let me tell you what, too many of us are walking around blind and we need Jesus Christ to come by us and touch us and let the scales of this blindness of this world fall off their eyes that we may see things clear. You can receive your sight back this morning. Amen. Not only did he receive his sight, he got a sermon. His eyes got opened. Verse 20. And straightway the preacher, he, he preached Christ in the synagogue, that he is the Son of God. And watch what these people say about this sermon he got in verse 22. But all the, that heard him were amazed and said, Is this not the destroyer of them which call on the name in Jerusalem? Come hither for that intent that he might bring them bound unto the priest." All of them that were listening, they said, didn't this guy used to kill these people? Didn't this guy used to bound these people and take them to Jerusalem? Didn't this guy hate the Christians? And now all of a sudden he's, he's preaching Jesus Christ. Everything that he's saying, he locked those people up for sin. But now he's saying the same thing. He, this has got to be some kind of trick. They knew who Paul Saul was. They knew his reputation. They knew what he was. But yet they, they didn't understand because here now he's in the synagogue preaching the word of God. Can I tell y'all, when I got called to preach, there were some that says, you can't preach. If I'd allow them to browbeat me to death, 
tell me that I can't preach, you can't do that. I ain't got no lot of education. I don't know that ciphering stuff. But I can tell you what, I do know the Bible. I do know what Jesus Christ says. I know what he can do for me. I know what he can do for you. You can't preach. Well, that's been 20, 21 years ago. I don't think I can, and let me just say, it's not my ability that I preach. Can I say that? Can I tell you, it's not my ability. It's not my education. It's not in my strength. I don't get up here saying, well, Jimmy, you got to take care of it, do it again. I can't do it. Somebody else has got to do it for me. There's got to be a higher power in my life in order for me to stand out. I don't like people. I don't. I don't like large crowds. Anything over three just drives me up the wall. I, if you go to a party, when I'm sitting at a party, I'm sitting there with my mouth shut, I ain't saying a thing. Because I just ain't one of those, I ain't my wife. I ain't my, she got all the, the talking for me and her both. But here they're saying, hey, ain't this a guy that was sitting, taking, bounding these Christians up, take them back to Jerusalem to be killed and slaughtered? And now he's in the temple of synagogue preaching? The Bible said in Paul's own lips said this, he was exceedingly fearless against these people. And now he's standing in the synagogue and he's preaching Jesus Christ, the only way to heaven. The Lamb in the Old Testament, he's the Lamb in the New Testament, God's Son, the sinner's Savior. People are saying, wait a minute. Was he just killing people for saying the same thing that you're saying? What happened? He got on straight street. Got on straight street. That's what happened. Some of y'all remember the time when you used to go to work and tell the same jokes people used to tell. You stand around that water cooler laughing at the jokes they used to laugh at. You used to go to the place that they used to go. Some of y'all remember that. But when you got your eyesight back, and you heard the word of God and a sermon hit your heart and you came and you got right with God. And now you don't do that anymore. Now you listen to those that tell those dirty jokes and they use that long stream of cuss words and put Jesus Christ right in the middle of it. You go, that ain't right. Where it used to go, you'd do the same exact thing, but now it rubs you the wrong way. Now you're on straight street. Now you see things clearly, and you would not do that. Do you remember that? I remember that. I'm military. I know exactly what it's like. I, I, when I first got saved, I thought I'd get the whole world saved, or at least the people to work with me. But I come to find out some people just don't want to get saved. They love the life they are living. They love to go to the bars. They love to run around. They love to cuss, smoke, and drink, and run with those that do. They love that. When I got saved, I couldn't do that no more. I, I had to stay away from them. So I'd just go to work in the morning, shut my door in my office, and I wouldn't talk with them. But I was wrong. Needed to be a light. I needed to be an example. And that's what we've been talking about so long. 
if I'm, what I'm talking to you about this morning is foreign to you, you don't understand it, you ain't getting it this morning, can I say this? And I, I want to say it with the kindness of heart. You still on the crooked street. Your path is still crooked. You're not seeing it. You're not getting it. Your path is still crooked. But I'm telling you this morning, if you get on that straight way like Paul did, and when his, his sight came back to him, he understood what Jesus was. When Jesus spoke to him, he, he understood those things. He saw those things. He got the clarity. And then when he got the message, he preached the word of God, Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, when the word of God penetrates your heart, you're going to get your sight back. So he got his sight back. He got a sermon. Can I say he got some siblings? How in the world did he get siblings? And he didn't have none to begin with. Look what Ananias said in verse 17. Ananias went his way and entered the house and put in his hands on, his, on him and said, Brother Saul. Well, you got some siblings there. Got some siblings. And when he had received the, the meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with disciples which were Damascus. Now, now that he, everything's changed in his life, now he's hanging out with those that he persecuted. He's with the disciples. He's got brothers and sisters of Christ now. He's got siblings. <laughs> I, my mind, you all know how my mind works. Anyway, you got to remember, Paul's got these letters and on the way to Damascus. He's got the Roman soldiers and guards with him. He's heading to Damascus. He's trying to trick people into they can bind up and take them back to Jerusalem, have fun, just throw them to the lines, just watch them be cooked and boiled and all that good stuff. He's ready to see this to happen. But Jesus comes and knocks him off his horse and gives him some blindness. Say, hey, I got something to say to you, buddy. You got to get things right. So they, they let, the Bible said they led him back by hand to Damascus. He was blind. And there he stayed for three days on Straight Street. I see those soldiers going back to Jerusalem. Get on there and they get down there and they get back there. And the priest said, hey, where's Saul? Is he still down there getting them people round up for us? Uh, no. What's he doing? Well, He's in the synagogue down there. Oh, he's, he's really getting them. He's really getting that bunch of them there. He's get, really going to get that bunch there. Oh, no. See, he, he was blinded. We were out on the road, and all of a sudden, this light shined. We didn't know. We heard a man talking. We didn't see anybody. And when we got through, Saul was blind. We had to lead him back to Damascus. It's the craziest thing you've ever seen. The man was blind. But now, now he went down on Straight Street and got his eyesight back. Now he's in the synagogue preaching the same things those guys were preaching. He's done flop sides. He's done switch crowds. Oh, yeah. Now he's got brothers and sisters in Christ. In fact, they had to, they had to harbor him. They had to take him around. They had to pull him away because people soft him. But you can imagine those Roman soldiers going back and saying, hey, brother, we just had the weirdest experience in our life. And I'm, I'm the, first of all, 
I seen a bright light and couldn't see a man, but I heard a voice. That would have got me right down there. I'd been on my knees. Oh, yes, Lord. Dad, yes, Lord. What have thou said, Lord? I'm going to do it. I'm telling you what, if God ever puts a bright light in your life and you can see here the voice talking and you don't see no man, you ought to fall to your knees and say, thank you, Lord. Yeah. That, that would have converted me, but it didn't convert them. But it, he wasn't after them. He was after Saul. He wanted Saul. He said, tell Saul he's going to, Suffer great things for my namesake. And that's what he does. He got flips sides. He went from that crowd to this crowd. He went from seeking those that did to living with those that are. Ain't that the way his life is with us? Same with us. You can be a sinner and live with sinners and, and just stay with sinners, but something happened in your life and God shines down on your light, and you get finally get the Word of God in your heart and your mind, and you start trusting in faith in Jesus Christ, now you're no longer a sinner. You're out here hanging over with us, out here, over here yelling, shouting, praising God. Yeah. It don't take a lot to switch sides, people. Amen. Hey. The world is crooked. Society is crooked today. Yeah. Amen. So not only you got his sight back and he got a sermon and he got, and he got some siblings, but let me just say this. Now I'm about finished. I told you I'll keep it a little bit longer. You get on the straight way doesn't mean your life is going to be easy. I, I know that people says you, you, know, you get saved and everything should be a better rosy, everything's honky-dory, everything should be smooth. Well, I'm going to tell you that's about as far from the truth you'll ever get. It ain't going to be. You get saved and you get on the right road and you get walking with God and trusting in God, people ain't going to like you no more. They ain't. In fact, he, he had some snares. He had some snares. Look at it. He had some snares. He had some new snares. He, he, he used to be the one to go out catching them, but now they're looking for him. It's not an easy street. There's some snares on the street. Look, verse 23. And after many days were fulfilled, the Jews took counsel to kill him. That one that they sent out to bring him in, now they're looking to kill him. I don't know if you know this or not this morning, but some of you Christians are going to understand exactly what I'm saying. I will not lie to you this morning. If you come this morning and get off the crooked street, crooked road, and get on the straight road, it will not be easy. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard. When you get off the crooked road and get on the straight street, you have gotten a new enemy that has a bag of tricks that's going to throw at you every day. He's going to come at you every day. He's got darts he's going to throw at you. He's got snares that he's going to put out in front of you. He's trying to trip you up because he doesn't want you on straight street anymore. He wants you back over on crooked street. Satan will come after you. Let me say this. Not only do you have the flesh to deal with, you have the world to deal with, and you have Satan to deal with, but now you've got to deal with all those things that Satan puts in front of you. It may be family, it may be friends, it may be 
acquaintance and maybe co-workers. But Satan will definitely use them to snare and try to trip you up. When you get on straight street, he is upset. And he's going to throw some snares in your life to try to keep you from serving God. It's not an easy road to be on, but can I tell you it is a glorious road. It is a wonderful road to be on. The devil tried to knock me down, but the Lord delivered. He said, the Lord delivered me out of time. Time and time again. You can mark it down. It doesn't matter what you're going through or where you're at in your life. Grace is big enough to cover it. He will help to sustain you while you're walking the straight street this morning. I've got no interest in going back the other way. I've got no interest in getting off a straight street. I know where my home is. I'm heading that way. I'm not looking back. I'm not turning around. I'm heading to home. I want to be with the one that saved me from hells and pits and fire. I want to see his nail-scarred hands. I want to hug his neck. When you see me, look me at the feet of Jesus. I don't want to get off. I want to go further. I've seen so many Christians come down and give their hearts and life to God and shed these crocodile tears. I want to, I want to get off. And it don't take long. They're just wiped back in the world again. I don't want to get off this road. I may get knocked down on this road. I may have to crawl a while. But I'm not getting off this road. I'm heading there. Song says, There are many new roads we see each day. Each one claims to be the way to try a life of satisfaction more than we can dream. They are lined with the things that we see with the eyes, but they cannot satisfy. So I've decided to walk the highway. With the humble, the redeemed. Have you decided? What road are you walking today? You say, well, I've been on the straight street for a while, and it just ain't been good. Well, I'm telling you what, you hold on to the retirement plan because it's out of this world. It's out of this world. Don't give up. I'm telling you, if you're sitting here, you are on the crooked street. You need to get off that street before it's too late. It's too late. I didn't know, realize when I preached, I talking about we don't know when the time has come and Brother George will go on to be with the Lord. It, it saddens the heart, but I'm rejoicing because I know where he's at. I know what he's doing. But if you can't say that, you better get on the right road today. So let us stand.